listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert Monk. Okay, and welcome to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Uh, a little bit of a different one, obviously a different voice. Usually you're used to hearing Tim's voice. But I've had a little takeover. I've got a takeover for the uh, NFC West for our little season review podcast that we're doing. So I'm going to start off with uh, the Seahawks. And I've got Shona here with me, a uh, big Seahawks fan. How are you, Shona? Are you okay? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. Very well. Um, so yeah, just just uh, want to tell everyone who you are and maybe why you support the Seahawks. Yeah, so um, I'm Shona Duffy. I write for uh, 99 Yards, which is a... Um, website for uh, UK fans who support American football and um, I support the Seattle Seahawks because I visited Seattle the year they won the Super Bowl. Oh nice. No, no, um, <laughs> kind of stuck me in, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, not, yeah, that's perfect. You know, I'd love to visit Seattle to be fair. Um, I'm a Chargers fan personally, but um, Seattle, I'm going to be honest with you, Seattle's one of those teams that I've got a little bit of a soft spot to be honest with you. Um, I quite like a few of their players, um, one of which we'll mention later on. Uh, but yeah, no, good to have you on. Uh, we'll dive right in if that's alright with you. Perfect. Okay, so I just wanted you to like open up, just kind of a general kind of question. Just um, what's your thoughts on the Seahawks season? The season just gone. I was quite pleasantly surprised actually with how it went. Um, I thought it was going to be a little bit um, not great because <laughs> 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 in the in the preseason we had. Um, we had a lot of changes. We went 0-4, I think, for the first preseason under pre, um, under Pete Carroll. Um, so, but a lot of people, a lot of the players did say, "Oh, don't sleep on us." You know, like we we know what we're doing. We know we know what our message is. Um, obviously, as a fan, you're kind of sitting back and seeing all the Legion of Boom being decimated. Um, so yeah, it, I actually thought we did pretty well for what we have. And obviously, it's basically like a, it's supposed to be a rebuilding season. And I thought we thought we did quite well. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Um, yeah, like you said, beforehand, before the season, I thought it was going to be a bit of a rebuild. I'd sort of written off the Seahawks season just even before it began, to be honest with you, like you say, because of the bit of the, the rebuild, especially with the you know the Legion of Boom. Um, but yeah, no, surprisingly good, wasn't it? Um, so obviously, that was a bit of a surprise because I had uh, that down as being a rebuild, to be honest with you. What did you sort of expect record wise before the season? So I was expecting maybe us to go. I didn't expect us to have a winning season, so I was thinking maybe like 7-9. I was like, I'd be quite happy with that. Uh, obviously, we did have a winning one at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it, I, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people had us a lot lower than I thought. Like, I think I read one of the NFL writers saying that they thought Seattle would have the number one pick, and I, I kept saying there's definitely teams worse than us out there, also known as the Oakland Raiders. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um I didn't think we were gonna be that bad. So yeah, I think around like the seven seven wins mark is what I was aiming for. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um definitely the worst teams out there. Uh, I mean not even not even the worst team in your division beforehand from my money. Um and obviously that came to fruition as well. Um so yeah, I I thought maybe yeah, maybe four or five wins for me. I thought seven was you did well to get that mark I would say. So obviously you know, you've got you play in a tough division. You've obviously got the Super Bowl runners-up in your division. How do you see sort of the hierarchy moving forward, moving forward into next year? Because obviously, you you I guess you're looking to sort of go from strength to strength now. Now that you're kind of ahead of the curve a little bit. It's kind of 
kind of interesting because I feel like the Rams or the Seahawks, um, what we were a few years ago. But obviously, we had Pete in, we had Russell Wilson, the young QB, we had the amazing defense with mm-hmm. you know Cam Chancellor, um, Richard Sherman, you know all these guys, and um, yeah, it's in Cliff April. It's it's it seems like it's switched around between them two at the moment. Um, but I think next season is going to be really fascinating because obviously you've got Cliff Kingsbury at um, the Cardinals, so you've got a young coach there. You've got Kyle Shanahan at 49ers, and obviously we've got um, the Rams. So yeah, I think I'm hoping <laughs> Seattle are still in second, or obviously fighting for um, NFC West title. Um, but it's going to be interesting because obviously I thought the Niners was going to do a lot better this season, but they lost um, Jimmy Garoppolo quite early on. So. Um, it should be interesting to see what happens, but yes, I'm hoping we push from strength to strength and go for the title. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm a bit, a bit with you again. Uh, I thought the Niners' season was kind of blown up by injury a little bit, and I think that kind of played into your hands a little bit. What do you reckon? It did. Um, I think, I think if they had Jimmy G the whole season, I think the Niners would have done a lot better. Um, I don't think they would have gone second I think we still would have taken that um, spot but I do think they would have got more wins than they did if Jimmy D was playing yeah okay I'm sensing a lot of positivity from yourself about the Seahawks generally quite a positive Seahawks fan I am generally quite a positive Seahawks fan yeah I believe in Pete's message I'm a very huge Pete Carroll fan yeah if he says it, I believe it. <laughs> yeah, and to be fair, I think that's the kind of uh, culture and kind of the message that you strive upon for many a year, isn't it? You know, he's probably one of the most positive people in the game. It's it's great to see. Like he's he's sixty seven, and I I actually feel like he's such like he's, his personality is so young. Like you look at him on the sideline, he's running up and down when um, Michael Dixon did when he ran out from the end zone after that kick, and um, yeah, he's just incredible. Like. I thought you would not think he is that old. I think he's like one of the oldest now in the league, in the league. So yeah, it's quite fascinating. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the the ferocity in which he chews gum as well is uh, quite something to behold. I think. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm a huge fan. So if anyone says anything bad about him, I'm like, yeah, just don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a big fan as well. Uh, another person who I'm quite a big fan of uh, in the Seahawks organization actually is Russell Wilson. I would say he's probably one of my top two or three QBs in the whole league. Like I said for quite a quite a big assault softball for Seattle and Russell Wilson in particular. Um, so a million dollar question maybe, but um, are we going to see Russell in another Super Bowl at some point? Because obviously he's still got quite a few years to go. I would love to see Russell in another Super Bowl and I think he deserves to go to another Super Bowl and hopefully win one. Um, he, he I, I just wish this season we used him a little bit more. Um, when you have a QB like Russell Wilson, you, you, you know, use his arm, um, which I think we didn't do enough in the Cowboys game. Um, that's maybe like the one slight criticism I have with Pete and his coaching staff, like uh, Brian Schottenheimer, they don't, they don't change it up enough. Like if they have a game plan, they really want to stick to it. Mm. But um, I feel like if they switched it up and let Russell, you know, utilize his throwing, then we could have gone on to beat the Cowboys. But, yeah, that that was uh, – I'm a huge Russell Wilson fan, and I would love to see him in another Super Bowl. He's just incredible. Um, I think he's, like, one of the best – one of the best QBs in the league. I know a lot of people would agree with me, but I think he's great. No, I completely agree with you. I think, yeah, I think he's right up there for me. When you see all the polls go out, especially in the off-season, obviously it's right for that time, isn't it? You know, polls, yeah, you know, who's in your top five quarterbacks? He's always in mind. Uh, he's right up there for me. But I guess um, going back to the putting the ball in Russell Wilson's hands, I guess it's uh, once bit and twice, twice shy on that score from the Super Bowl a little bit, I guess. 
I mean, that, that's the only time when I think we should have used Marshall and Lynch. Um, but <laughs> normally, normally Russell doesn't let us down. Like, you know, we used to have Russell time when it was the two-minute warning. Mm. And it was, was um, you always see him throw these, like, ridiculous balls. And you're like, how on earth has he managed to throw that? And how have they caught it? But I think he's definitely going to get um, his new contract. I don't see Seattle moving on from him. I don't think they have a plan beyond Russell at the moment, and I don't see why they would, because he's a franchise QB, so. Yes, yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah, they've got to pay him. The only thing for me, and I don't know about you, ask you about this, what do you reckon about putting some guys in front of him who can block? That's what he needs, but to be honest, isn't that what the whole league needs, really, is a good, good O-line? Like, sure. <laughs> um, I think that's something Seattle have struggled with for a while. I think it's got a lot better this year. I, I love DJ Fluker. Um, when he played, I feel like we didn't let Russell... Um, get hit so much uh, obviously it can't just be one man it has to be more than one so yeah he definitely needs some uh, fair blockers for, for <laughs> Russell but he is good in the pocket and he can scramble but <laughs> yeah yeah for sure I don't expect him to scramble all the time yeah I guess your heart's in your mouth a little bit when you see Russell scrambling and doing that, that sort of escape artist stuff that he does back there and so, just moving on from the, you know putting some blocks in front of him, just talking sort of wider um, sort of targets. What was your targets for the draft and free agency uh, in this this coming off season? Who how how are you going to get better? Um, I I definitely think we need to um, get a safety in for all Thomas. Um, I know that Bradley Dougal played fantastic in that role when he went out. Um, but I do think like if Bradley goes, we don't have like um, another backup. So I definitely think free agency is something that we need to look at for that. I will miss Earl Thomas so much, but I don't see him playing for Seattle um, next season. He'll definitely be going elsewhere, which will be heartbreaking to see. He'll probably be in Dallas. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, draft-wise, Maybe some online man, definitely. Um, I quite like um, Rashad Penny. I think he was. I thought he did quite well last season. I know a lot of people were criticizing us, like taking him that early. But there was a few runs that he did um, in the in games last last year that you were like, this is um, this is incredible. This guy can like you know do really well. Um, he just needs a little bit more time, I think. Um, yeah, I guess. I don't think our defense is that bad. Like people made it out like our defense would be terrible. Because um, we've lost all their big main guys, mm-hmm. but I feel like we've got people in there like Frank Clark, um, Bobby Wagner, you know, those guys that can step up and take that position. So, yeah, I'm not 100% sure who Seattle lead on the whole for the draft. Mostly the old line, I would say. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think the thing about Seattle as well, and I'm, I'm a big draft person, so I'm, I'm, I'm doing like a lot of mock drafts and stuff like that for the full 10 yards and a little bit of uh, draft stuff elsewhere. Um, and Seattle's kind of one of those teams that's really difficult to kind of pin down because I think the, you guys think outside the box a little bit, you know, with the, the penny pick and, and some picks previously where you kind of bit unexpected. So, yeah, it's really difficult to nail down. As just on uh, some guy that you mentioned a minute ago, Earl Thomas, would it be really heartbreaking to see him elsewhere, I guess? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's still hard for me to see Richard Sherman in a 49 shirt. So, um, it's going to be equally as hard to see Earl Thomas go elsewhere. Um, it, it it was kind of written in the in the stars for him to leave Seattle after the season. I don't mm. think Seattle were ever going to pay him, unfortunately. No. Um, and you can see why he wanted to get paid, because obviously then he broke his leg. Um, so yeah, I 
I probably he probably will see him in Dallas, so that's where he really wants to go. So it'll just be hard for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I um I was wondering a little bit. I was thinking about where he might go, and uh, Dallas has obviously been his number one target. He's sort of been timing them out for a little while. But I was wondering if he would uh, mind linking up with Richard Sherman again, and that would be double trouble for you guys, I guess. If he went to the Foreign Nightmares, I would just curl up in a ball and cry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, too too much to handle, isn't it, I guess, with those two guys who have been stalwarts in the the back end for you guys. So just uh, just to wrap up here, uh, just looking out, looking getting your crystal ball out a little bit, what's the outlook for next year? What are you going to do next year? I think... I know for a fact that Pete and everyone will have been quite disappointed that we went out on the wild card round. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it was a step up from the season before, so we didn't even make the playoffs. But Pete is never about just making one round, one one step up. He's about going the whole the whole ten yards. So, um, yeah, I think um, hopefully we'll do better in the playoffs next year. But the thing is, we've got so much good <coughs> young talent out there um, with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Rams and. The Chargers, because Philip Rivers is not going to retire anytime soon, so it's like he's getting younger every season. <laughs> um, so yeah, it'll be an interesting one. Um, I think, like you say in the draft, you never really know who Seattle's going to pick, and they end up picking this person who you've never really heard of, and they end up being this like breakout star, and you're like, okay, that's interesting that they yeah. went with them. Um, so that it, it'll be interesting to see who we go for in the draft too, because um, obviously we need to improve. Uh, last season hopefully go a little bit further but I think we'll still make the playoffs again but it's going to be a lot interesting with uh, the younger coaches around around Pete but I, I wouldn't write him off just yet <laughs> no no like you said he's got a lot of, lot of energy a lot of energy to go around I think he's still got a good few years left in him despite like you say being uh, in his late 60s now uh, yeah, so yeah no I, I think uh, yeah I think Seattle's got a good outlook I think you can look to improve so yeah I think yeah the good times are coming back after a, a very small actually you know uh, downward uh, patch, I would say. Absolutely, I think when you go back, when you have back-to-back Super Bowls, and then you lose like that, like how we did in that Super Bowl in the last minute when you know we could have won it, it's it's hard to come back from that. And you can see that with Atlanta, you know how they were yeah. up twenty-eight three yeah. in the Super Bowl, and then Tom Brady rallied, and then they lost. So, mm. um, it you know it's hard to pick yourself up from such a hard defeat. But um, I don't think it lasted that long for us, and I quite like our outlook. I think we can definitely move forward. Obviously, there's still improvements, but I think it can be rectified. Yeah, for sure. No, that's really great. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Like I said, I think we're going to have a good season next year. Okay, uh, well, thanks for coming on. That's that's really nice of you uh, to make it out here when you've uh, you've been travelling, haven't you? And then I believe that you've not been too well recently. Uh, oh, no, yeah. thanks, thanks, for, <laughs> thanks for doing that. Thanks for taking the time to come on. That's no worries. It's been great. Thank you for having me on. Oh, thank you very much. Okay, thank you. So that was uh, that was Shona Duffy there, um, right for the 99 Yards website. Uh, you can find her on Twitter at Shona Duffy Four. That's Duffy D U T H I E, and then number four. Okay. So the next up is uh, is Tom, and he's a Cardinals fan. So here we go. Okay. Yeah, and here he is. It's Tom. Tom Donlan, who is a Cardinals fan. You can find him on Twitter at British Bird Gang. Tom, how are you? I haven't got too bad. It's yeah. been a bad season, but, you know, yeah. on to the future. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're all about, I think, uh, with this one, um, especially with the card season, as we say. Uh, you know, you can tell about looking forward to the future, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, just want to introduce yourself to everyone who's listening. Uh, tell us a bit about yourself and maybe why you support the Cardinals. 
So hi, I'm Tom. I've been supporting the Cardinals since 2008, which happened to be their Super Bowl year. And since then, it's been downhill. Never been back. Maybe one day we'll get there again. Who knows? Ah, it was it was okay under Arians, wasn't it? I quite enjoyed the Cardinals when they had Bruce Arians as a coach. Yeah, we don't, don't we no longer talk about him now though. He's defected to Tampa Bay. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. He can take his Kangol elsewhere, eh? Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, just going to open up. Obviously, it might be a bit of a sore subject as we say, but just want to open up and just tell us what your thoughts on the card season this past season. Well, to be fair, it was a dreadful season, by far the worst in my 10 years as a Cardinals fan. It started off bad and just got even worse as the season progressed. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of, um, yeah, just like you say, just kind of started off badly and just went downhill and never really got going, did it? Um, yeah. Go, sorry, go on. It was the sacking of Mike McCoy and the benching eventual release of Sam Bradford were much needed, but again, they didn't change anything. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I'm a Chargers fan, so I can, I can sit here and we can probably talk about Mike McCoy uh, and his shortcomings, you know, as, for as long as it'll take us. We'll probably take up this whole podcast if we if we opened up about that one. Uh, so was it a bit of a surprise to be as bad as you were, or did you see this coming? Well, you know, I thought we'd hit rock, you know, we'd think we'd hit rock bottom, but then the next week we'd get even worse, and, you know, I knew it would be a struggle with Wilkes as being a first-year head coach. Mm. Yeah, in fact, I was predicting a 7-9 season anyway, so it's not like my hopes were too high for okay. the season anyway. Okay. We, we never even got anywhere near that level. We were just even below that. Mm. Yeah, no. Just disappointing all along. Yeah, definitely. What do you think like the main reasons are? Do you, would you blame McCoy? Would you blame Wilkes? Would you blame the players? Where, where do you think the... Cause it was it was bad off the field as well, wasn't it, with Steve Kime and his DUI and things like that. So it was kind of a bit of a uh, I can't really swear on a on a podcast like this, but a bit of an S show, as we might say. Yeah, I think that's a fair way of summing it up because you know even the wins we had seemed to be like flukes, and you know we could have ended up being zero sixteen, which is probably what we did deserve, really. Oh really? Okay. But quite. where did it go wrong? Yeah. Where did it go wrong? I think the hiring of Steve Wilkes and his reluctance to adapt the system to the strengths of the personnel that he had. So obviously we've been set up as a 3-4 defence. Mm-hmm. even as a 4-3 defence. And, you know, he said he'd adapt, but he never actually did. Okay. So it was just basically square pegs in round holes and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it never works, does it? And then obviously Mike McCoy on the other side of the ball. Uh, yeah, I've got some more on Mike McCoy as well. Yeah, go on, yeah, open up about yeah. that. Go on, give him your all. Yeah, on the offence, hiring Mike McCoy was obviously where that began to go wrong. With his outdated offence, with a love for running David Johnson up the middle for a yard, if you're lucky. <laughs> it's not ideal for this era of the NFL. No, exactly. He's, he's stuck in a bygone era, really, isn't he? Like I say, I can attest as a Chargers fan, uh, watching Ryan Matthews run up the middle, <laughs> like you say, for minimal gain constantly, and just not playing to the strengths, just kind of being this is my way and this is how we do it and if it doesn't work then sod it kind of thing. Yeah, pretty much. And then yeah. also Sam Bradford lasted <laughs> like three games. You know, was it him or was it the offence? But you know, Sam, Josh Rosen came in, didn't fare much better either, but he flicked, he showed a few flashes of what he might become. Hmm. So you just have to build around him now and hope he can bring some success. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, 
looking at the offensive line for Arizona, um, I was surprised that Bradford lasted as long as he did, to be honest. I thought he was genuinely going to die last season. Um, and yeah, you've got a bit like put people in front of Rosen who can who can block for him and who can let him show what he can do. Do you, do you generally have sort of a bit of optimism about Josh Rosen moving forward from what you've seen? I do, yeah, but there's plenty of people who don't, if you read, listen to the media at the moment. Hmm. No, it's true. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm quite fine. I think, I think he'll he'll work well um, in Arizona, um, under Cliff Kingsbury as well, um, who we'll come on to in a second. So just going back to Steve Wilkes, just circling back, have you got some some warnings for Cleveland Brown fans now that he's their DC? To be fair, I think he might be all right as a DC again, because mm. he was kind of successful in Carolina. Now he's moving back to that position with with less like the less power or whatever. Less all he has to do is basically run his defence. And I think they're probably more suited to his four three than we were. Hmm. Yeah, fair enough. I mean it kinda of suits people, doesn't it, sometimes to be the number two rather than the number one and running everything. So moving yeah, on basically. So moving on to uh moving on to the new guy. Uh what's your thoughts on Cliff Kingsbury? To be fair, I'm a big fan of the higher I know, obviously, no, he didn't have the best record at Texas Tech, but, you know, that's a completely different game to the NFL. Mm. He's been brought in for his offensive mind, and it'll be interesting to see how that translates to the NFL. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm, I, I was talking on the podcast uh, earlier on in the week, on our Tuesday podcast, uh, that we were going through the coaching hires, and I quite like Cliff Kingsbury as a hire. Uh, I quite like giving young guys a shot, uh, especially when it's an offensive mind, linking up with a young uh, quarterback. I think they can get together and form quite a decent offence. What do you reckon? Yeah, you'd think so, but everyone reckons he wants a different quarterback, given his comments he made back in October. <laughs> it's been completely taken way out of context. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. We'll come on, we'll come on to the draft in just a second. Uh, just on the coaching staff further, though, um, what do you reckon is Vance Joseph as the DC? Do you reckon he'll, you know, he's, he's a little bit like Steve Wilkes in a way. Obviously, he got his shot as a, a head coach, and now he's sort of going back to his more natural uh, position as a defensive coordinator. Do you, reckon, do you reckon it's a good hire as well? Yeah, I quite like that hire, because there was an interview he did the other day. gave me a bit of optimism about that. He's been saying in his interviews he'll bring back the 3-4 defense. Uh-huh which is most important for us because that's basically what the personnel is. Yeah. And also it allows Patrick Peterson to shadow the main receiving threat of the opponent, mm. which is something Wilkes just didn't do for some reason or another. Yeah, and you can get Pat P there to just lock down one side and just take away the, the best uh, offensive player of the other team, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah. And hope we can find someone who can do the other job the other side. Well, yeah, you've, you've signed uh, Robert Alford, haven't you? Uh, in quite recently, so you reckon that's a decent decent signing over the other side? Yeah, I mean he's experienced, he should do a good job, but again, it's not really a long term solution at the position. No, no, maybe it's a little bit of band aid, isn't it, at the moment for the Cardinals? There's quite a lot of rebuilding to do. And then you've got Buda Baker as well in the backfield. So I think backfield actually, you know, it's not the best backfield defensive backfield in the world, but you know, you've got. Buda Baker, Swearinger, uh, Alford and Peterson now, and that's it's not too shabby to be fair. Yeah, it could do a lot worse than that, I suppose. Yeah, especially could... when we've got Peterson and Baker, they're two of the best at their position, I think. Mm. Yeah, no, I'm big two fan. of my favourite players as well. Yeah, big fan of Buda Baker. Uh, anyone who's heard me talk about college uh, football, I'm a, got a bit of a soft spot for the Washington Huskies, and I think they produce quite a lot of decent defensive backs, and obviously he's one of those. So yeah, no, big fan. So yeah, moving on. To... This year, I'd love to have. Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. Do you want to open up with that a little bit more? I mean, I'd like to 
bring in Byron Murphy if, if he's available at like 33 or okay. thereabouts. Okay. No, I like Byron Murphy. I don't, personally, I don't think he'll last that long, but uh, you know, you never know. Uh, the odds lots of moving around and shaking for the draft to be done. Uh, obviously, the combine coming up soon, uh, and that can obviously have a big bearing on everything. So yeah, moving on to the draft, um, obviously the Cardinals own the number one pick. So obviously we'll be talking, uh, alluding to Kyler Murray, I guess, talking about Cliff Kingsbury. Obviously you, know, you don't think Kyler Murray's going at number one to the Cardinals? I can't see that being the case, no. not at all. No, same. I'm not not a huge Kyler Murray fan, to be fair, um, with his, the way he's handled things recently, so now I can't see him going number one overall, especially not to the Cardinals anyway, especially you know one year after uh, taking Josh Rosen in the first round. So who do you reckon is going to go number one? Or do you reckon the Cardinals are going to trade down and try and patch up the squad with more players by acquiring more picks? I mean, everyone seems to expect us to draft Nick Bosa, given he's the best player in the draft, according to whoever you read. And he's obviously an option, but... I mean, we could trade down and get a few picks. Because, mm. you know, we're not Bosa away from competing. We need a lot more than just him. Yeah, for sure. No, Bosa would be good, and he'd make quite a potent pairing with Chandler Jones. Uh, he'd be probably one of the best pairings in the NFL, just straight away, I'd say. What do you reckon? Yeah, if you can make it onto the field, because, I mean, there's questions over his injury status and all that. Okay. People reckon he's soft and all that, but, you know, that's college again. Yeah. Might be completely different in the NFL. Couldn't be me. I, I'm a big fan. Uh, I think he's far from soft, soft, to be honest with you. So, yeah, put yourself in the GM shoes, you know, come... Come April, uh, you know, I, all eyes on the Cardinals. What would you do? Would you trade back or would you take uh, Bosa or another player at number one? I think it depends what's on the table because if there's like someone really wants to come up to number one and they're offering a decent package of picks and that, uh-huh. I'd take it. Okay. How about? Uh, let me just throw a scenario at you. So for me, um, we've not we've not done the the uh, Niners uh, section of this. Uh, review, yeah, but the Niners for me, I think, are a pass rusher away from being a really good team, uh, and they, they, the perfect place for Nick Bosa to go would be for San Francisco to me, so if San Francisco come offering a couple of first round picks um, for that number one, then you only get to move back one spot, let's remember, but you are trading Nick Bosa to a divisional rival, what do you do? That is a tough one, because I wouldn't like to strengthen the Niners, but again, no. like if we do trade down, we're probably like strengthening them up anyway. Hmm. Because they'd get like Bosa if someone takes a QB at number one. So we're kind of stuck in a hard between a hard and a rock, rock and a hard place, aren't we? Yeah, no, I would agree. If you want to trade down. Yeah, no, I would agree. I guess you got to just concentrate on your own roster, and like you said, you've got more than one hole. Um, and yeah, you, I, I think you'd be better to trade back because I don't think, uh, like you said, I completely agree with you that you're not just a Nick Bosa away. I mean, I'd take Quinn and Williams as well. He could be an option at number one. Uh huh. Yeah, I completely agree. I think they're the, the kind of top tier players in this draft class for me. How about free agency? Yeah. What, what holes are we looking to fill in free agency? Where do you need to fill in this team? Uh, you know, apart from the draft, where can you fit some veterans in? I think offensive line is probably the biggest need. You know, because we've got questions over probably 60% group, maybe even all of the group if you think about it hard enough. Yeah, no, I would agree. Um, like I said, I, I, I had genuine fears for the safety of Sam Bradford behind your offensive line last year, and I don't think that picking up a Joe Barksdale is going to patch anything up enough. Uh, it's going to be you know serviceable offensive line for Josh Rosen moving forward. So yeah, no, I completely agree. You know, so let's go forward. Let's look forward, as we said. Um, you know, looking forward uh, to the Cardinals uh, next season. 
what's your outlook for next year? Uh, how do you see it going? Do you think it's going to be a bit better? Do you think it's sort of a slow rebuild? I think it's probably far too early to tell because we've not free agency or the draft yet. Mm. But we're finishing fourth. We'll have a kind of schedule. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, can we go from worst to first? It's unlikely in a tough division. But you never know in the NFL. That's true, yeah. So do you, how do you see the, the Cardinals in, in the hierarchy? Do you still see them being bottom or do you think they can catch someone like the Seahawks or, or uh, the Niners next year? I'd like to think we can, but, you know, as long as 2019's better than 2018, I'd probably be satisfied. Yeah. But, you know, it's not like the bar's been set much lower than that. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately so. Okay, uh, I think that wraps us up. Uh, it's really it's been really nice to have you on, Tom. I uh, hope everything does go a little bit better for you and the Cardinals next year. So, yeah, just to remind everyone, uh, you can get Tom, if you are a Cardinals fan or just want some Cardinals following, you can get him at British Bolt, uh, British Bird Gang, sorry, British Bolt Bank coming coming out there for my Chargers allegiances. Uh, so, yeah, just make that clear, it's British Bird Gang on Twitter. Yeah, okay. we're also on Facebook as well, at facebook.com forward slash British Bird Gang. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, if you're a Cardinals fan, get following this guy. Sounds like he knows, he knows what he's talking about when it comes to the Cardinals. All right. And there's also a podcast as well. All right, go on. No, no, you plug away. Plug away. Yeah, we've also got a podcast, the British Bird Gang Breakdown. We usually record every week during the season. Okay. It's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, awesome. I love podcasting. Uh, so where do, where can you find yourselves? Is it Spotify or just on the website, iTunes? Where can we find you? I think you can find us anywhere these days. Yeah. Mainly spot, like, we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on Anchor. Awesome. Pretty much anything, really. Yeah, same as ourselves. Awesome. All right, Tom. Uh, brilliant to speak to you, mate. Uh, like I said, hopefully it goes better for the Cardinals next year. Um, and maybe we'll catch up in the future. Yep. No problem with that. Thank you, mate. It's See you now. It's better. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. All right, mate. Thank you very much. See you now. Bye. Okay, yeah, so next up, after Tom there with the Cardinals, is Jordan. He's a Rams fan. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at LARams underscore UK. Uh, so, Jordan, nice to have you on. How are you? Yeah, no bad, thanks. Thanks for having me. No problem at all, mate. Um, so, yeah, do you just want to sort of introduce yourself, tell people who you are, uh, and plug anything that you need to, really, shameless as it is? Um, yeah, uh, as you say, my name's Jordan. Um, part of the LA Rams UK group, which we've got on Twitter. Um, LARams underscore UK. We've got the same on Instagram. It's the same same tag on Facebook. It's just LARams UK, and we've also got the website ongoing, which is LARams UK. So you can find us all there. All right. Yeah, plenty of places to find yourself. So yeah, if you're a Rams fan, uh, if you're jumping on the bandwagon this season after the the successful season that you had, uh, yeah, follow this guy, and and yeah, you can get together with all the other Rams fans. So Jordan, why do you support the Rams? Um. It's kind of been a, a long-term thing for me. Um, kind of 2002-2003, just kind of when I picked up the game. used to go and watch NFL Europe, um, which we had up here with the, the Scottish Claymores. So I got into American football that way and then picked the Rams. can't remember what reason exactly, but I did like Marshall Falk. Okay. Uh, he was my favourite player at the time, so something to do with, with him. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I remember when, when I was getting into football, I used to just play the Madden games. So I picked up quite a lot of it just quite quickly. Obviously, quite quick exposure. I remember playing as the Rams as Marshall Falk, who was a really good player on the game. So, yeah, no, I can certainly appreciate that, for sure. 
So you just want to just want to talk to us uh, really quickly about sort of like your thoughts and open up with the season. Obviously, you had a great season. But I just want to go a bit more in depth about your thoughts on you know how good the Rams season actually was. Yeah, um, I think it's a bit easy now after the the Super Bowl disappointment to yeah. kind of have a downer on it. But I think when you look back, obviously the start of the season was pretty incredible, unbeaten up until the the first game in New Orleans. Um, I had a bit of a, a mini slump, as people were calling it, towards the end with defeats against the Bears and the Eagles. But I mean, there was some really good wins. The game, the the Viking football towards the start of the season and then obviously that, that Chiefs game on Monday Night Football which was going to be really hard to beat for the for any games coming up um, and then obviously into the playoffs had a couple of really tough wins uh, the Cowboys game was a bit, bit of an unexpected one in the sense that we ran all over the top of them when I think a lot of people expected them to do that to us mm, yeah, um, sure. and then obviously the Saints game I think of heard enough about that, especially at the end, but, <laughs> but it was a, a really tough win in the end. Um, obviously, onto the, the disappointment in the Super Bowl, which I'm sure we'll come on to, but no, overall, it was for McVay's second season, it was just about perfect. There was the ending sours it, but uh, uh, overall, it was, it was almost perfect. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a really good season, I like you say. Uh, to begin with, playing really good football. I think the Chargers and the Rams played each other in week two, didn't they? And I just remember um, thinking, three, week yeah. two or week three, um, I just remember, yeah, thinking this Rams team is going to go a long way. Because uh, I thought we were having a really good uh, you know, a really good chance to have a good season. And, yeah, you just kind of outclass us on the day. Um, so, yeah, yeah, looking forward to kind of uh, meeting up again later in the future. Um, and obviously sharing a roof as well, which would be, you know, we're flatmates now, I guess. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. It's a, a shame in a way it's only every kind of four years or whatever with the AFC and NFC yeah. kind of schedule. So, no, no, there should be some interesting times ahead. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, as you say, we're going to come on to the Super Bowl, unfortunately. And like you say, it is kind of a good good thing that we've left a kind of two-week two buffer between now and then. So what went wrong? Um, why didn't you get going in the Super Bowl at all? I'm, I'm still not really sure, to be honest. It was, it was just one of those things you were We've seen it happen sometimes that the, the offence kind of comes out a bit slow on some occasions um, and then they eventually pick it up. You're still kind of waiting for them to pick it up eventually. Mm. Um, also, there was a lot of stuff they were talking about on the broadcast promo. Obviously, really good. It was just for saying that New England weren't really putting any people down on the line of scrimmage. They were just having them walk about, so it was maybe confusing golf or whatever. But I think they just... I don't know. The offense just didn't pick it up at all. No. Do you, do you um do you buy into this this theory that um we talk about on our podcast quite a lot about Jared Goff and Sean McVay and their relationship and I often call uh Jared Goff an extension of Sean McVay with obviously the the fifteen second and then the the, the communication goes and I kind of think Jared Goff goes to bits a little bit if he's not got Sean McVay in his ear. Do you do you buy into that at all? I think that's. I think it's kind of an easy thing to say. I, I can't say that it's not a factor, but mm. if you look at a lot of times in that, that Super Bowl as well, they actually, what they were saying is New England were calling in two calls, two defensive calls, and then waiting to see what the Rams done. The Rams actually tried to counter it by not breaking the huddle until there was less than 15 seconds left, but that is possibly a 
part of the reason why they struggled. Time's a little bit harsh on Goff, but he is still really young. Yeah. He's going to get better. He's not like a, a Brady or Breeze or whatever yet, where he can fully control the offence. He will still need help from his coach, but I think it is a little bit unfair. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, he's going into going into what his fourth year now. Is that right? Um, yeah. You know, he's still a lot of growth to be done. Um, so yeah, no, there's still plenty of room to grow for Jared Goff there. Um, and maybe this yeah. is what Sean McVay meant by being outcoached, because obviously, like you've been talking about, it's a bit of a chess match going on there between the offense and the defense. And is that what you, do you think? That's what he meant by being outcoached a little bit. Yeah, just I think you know. Every time he seems to find a matchup, it doesn't matter who it's against, he seems to find a matchup that he likes. Um, and he just didn't get it at all in that game. Um, again, a lot of the times we've found if, for Rams fans is that we will go in at half time, the offence hasn't been rolling, and they come out first drive of the second half, and that's it. Mm. They make these half time adjustments. Even then, with an extended half time, I was thinking. We're, we're going to get going eventually, and it just it just didn't. Just Belichick had his number, um, and Flores as well. I think people forget about Brian Flores going into the Dolphins now, but both of them just just had them completely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess it's kind of one of those things that you'll learn from, and I think the Rams will be back there in no time. So uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if he learns from his mistakes in the long term. I'd say. Yeah. Definitely. So. Um, just last last kind of thing on time of the Super Bowl and the playoff theme. What was going on with Todd Gurley? <laughs> I, I still don't a think he was a hundred percent. No matter how many times they came out and said he was fine, I just, I just can't really believe it. I don't know if they had to try and say due to I know you can get fined if you don't report injuries and stuff, but yeah. um, there was no whether it was just trying to play mind games, but there was no way that he was fit from. He sat out the last two games of the regular season. Mm. Had a really good game against Dallas, and then obviously non-existent against the Saints, and pretty non-existent in the the Super Bowl as well. Um, I just don't believe he was fit. Yeah. I, I can't really see any other any other reason to be honest. Yeah, it remains a mystery though, doesn't it? I kind of likened it to um, I, don't, I don't know how old you are, but I don't, if you remember the France '98 World Cup just before the final, there was a thing with Ronaldo, uh, the Brazilian striker, not being fit, possibly having a fit and stuff like that. I kind of likened it to that kind of mysterious. Uh, potential injury over a star player. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we'll move on to move on to more positive things for Rams. We'll stop talking about the Super Bowl, which I'm sure you're happy to to do. Um, so Aaron Donald, he's one of my favourite players in the league right now, and I just want to sort of uh, see if you agree with my statement. I often say that he's the best player in the league. Do you agree or disagree? Um, I think I I can agree with that. I think I don't know if my people maybe say it's a bit biased, but I think if you're <laughs> taking it as you know without possession bias, because obviously quarterbacks are always going to win MVP, they're always going to get the highest contracts, whatever, sure. because it is the most important position in sports, but if you're just taking the actual skill level of the position, I think he's, he's the best in the game, yeah. yeah. Just watch them every week. You know, I've watched pretty much every snap he's taken since he's come into the league, and mm. I can remember at the start, he, didn't, he wasn't actually a starter for the first four or five games of his career. <laughs> And um, just ever since then, you know, he's made the Pro Bowl every year. Mm. He's been an All Pro for four of the five years he's been in the league. So yeah, that, and now two-time Defensive Player of the Year as well. So yeah, I, th- I think he's the best in the game. Yeah, for sure. And he's just moving into his prime, isn't he? But yeah, as you say, I'm a big draft guy, and he wasn't really that heralded coming out of Pittsburgh either. So you know, Rams got a bargain because 
they obviously had the number two pick in that draft that they used on Greg Robinson and then picked up yeah. Donald later on. So <laughs> kind of worked out well in that sense because you kind of, you know, obviously miss Greg Robinson now. Well, not don't miss him, but, you know, he's missing from the team. And uh, yeah. you could have picked Donald up with the number two pick and no one would have batted an island. I know when you when you go back and look at some of the picks, that's the first major miss within that draft, the number two pick. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, 12, 12 teams passed on him, including the Rams. The mm. Rams just got lucky that they had a second chance. Um, so, yeah, no, thank, thanks to all the other teams that didn't pick yeah, up Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay, so yeah, just moving on to sort of looking forward to next season. We'll come on to the draft shortly. Uh, but I'm just gonna. There's obviously been a lot of glory about like the restricted free agents and how much the Rams are gonna fall apart now that they can't pay all the big stars. So I'm just gonna whip through. There's 12 unrestricted free agents for the Rams. I'm just gonna play a quick game of sort of uh, you know stay or go. So I'm just gonna give you a name and then if you just say if you want them to stay or whether you reckon they're gonna stay or whether you reckon they're gonna go. Yeah. Okay. So first off, uh, Sean Mannion, quarterback. Tim uh, Gore. Go. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that one. Uh, Lamarcus Joyner. Uh, go. More because of a money situation rather than a playing situation, or what do you reckon? I don't think he actually. I don't think he played well at all this year. Um, but yeah, he was on the franchise tag, so he's going to be expecting a big, a big contract. Yeah, yeah. CJ Anderson, I think this has already been answered, really, hasn't it? Um, I can see him. I can see him staying, but I think he may go offered a bit more money than we want to pay a backup. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, because Gurley will obviously be back next year and uh, back for full yeah. health as well. Okay, moving on to cornerback Sam Shields. Um, he said he'd like to stay. I can see him staying at a, a low price. Okay. Uh, Ramit Wilson, linebacker. Um, he did, I think probably go. Oh, um, he's kind of he played a lot of special teams, but you can hope to kind of find those players in the draft. Yeah, you can, I mean you can pick up undrafted free agents, fill those, and can't get a much lower price. Yeah. Uh, another linebacker, Bryce Hager. Um, I think he could probably stay on the cheap. He's he's kind of backup and again a special teams guy. Uh huh. Okay. Moving on to sort of bigger names after those two. So Dante Fowler. I think he'll go. I think the price is going to get too high for him. Yeah. So it's quite a, it's quite an expensive uh, sort of edge rusher group in, in free agency. I think a lot of those guys are going to get paid. Um, moving on to Roger Saffold. I'm hoping he can stay. Um, I think he might take a, He would need to take a bit less money than he could make just because of the, the importance of the position. Mm. I, can, I can see him staying. Yeah. Uh, Dominique Easley next. He's been injured the last two years, so if he's going to stay, it's going to be for a minimum, mm. minimum contract, I think, to try and prove that he can stay healthy. Yeah, no, I can see it for sure. I think the Chargers are going through a little bit of that with Jason Brett at the moment in the same situation. I think it'll be a vet minimum or nothing, I guess. Yeah. So, next next couple. Uh, Undomakong Su? Um, the more I think about it, the more I can see him kind of staying. But again, I think it would be for less money than he can make. But mm. just with, he's also been at the Lions and the Dolphins, and this is his first kind of winning season, playoff winning season. Um, so, I think he might want a bit more of that. Yeah, you'd hope he'd sort of trade off money for the, the chance to be like successful, I guess. Yeah. Okay, and then just last couple, just to round off. So Ethan Westbrook, defensive lineman. He seems to be a kind of favourite of the coaches. Um, I, don't, I think he'd be cheap again. I can see him staying. Yeah. And then the last one, but not least, uh, Matt Longacre, another outside linebacker. I think he'll probably go, to be honest, he didn't, he didn't really do much this season at all. Mm-hmm. 
But then there's a couple just outside of the undrafted free, uh, the sorry, the unrestricted free agents. Um, there's a lot of talk of uh, Akeem Talib and Marcus Peters. They can be cut without a lot of money. Um, being being in you know in the dead space. So what do you reckon to those yeah. two? Um, I've been thinking a lot about Peters especially. Obviously, didn't really have a great season. He came. It was a bit better in the postseason. Um, I think he's now playing on the fifth year option. So. It's, if we cut them, we save all the money. It's not guaranteed. Yeah. I'm about nine million, but I can see them just giving them that one chance, the one last season, uh, to see if he's going to be worth a, a, an extension, a long-term contract. Uh-huh. And to leap, uh, yeah, again, I just think with the leadership that, and obviously not Wade Phillips' defense, I think he'll probably just stay. To be honest. Yeah, he's a bit of a Phillips favorite, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, moving on to the draft. Um, where do you see the Rams strengthening and where do you see them looking to? Where, where's the holes in this team? What's going to make you better? Um, certainly the, the top of the draft, I can see them kind of target maybe a safety. Obviously, I've got, I think, Joyner will leave. So it leaves the kind of free safety position open. Um, ben, you know, we've, we've been hearing it's quite a deep uh, draft for edge rushers and, and defensive linemen, so possibly there as well. Um, towards the back end of the draft, I can see them trying to trying to pick up you know a couple of offensive linemen. There's no guarantee Whitworth's going to come back. Um, he's kind of been talking about retiring. Um, Saffold and Sullivan, are, Saffold might be back, but even then he's he's the wrong side of thirty. Mm-hmm. So they're they're going to need to start looking to the future on the on the offensive line uh-huh. and the backup quarterback they'll probably need as well if they're going to let Mannion go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so quite a few holes to fill there. I guess you can do obviously some in free agency. So let's yeah. let's say that let's say that Whitworth does go. Obviously, left tackle being a really important position as well. Does that become priority number one over safety? Um, it it would depend how much confidence they've got in the draft pick last year. Um, Joe Nolpin, he, he only really came in. Whitworth got injured in one of the games. Uh, I think it was. Well, I can't remember what game it was actually. Maybe the Niners at home last game of the season. Um, he came in and played a couple of series, looked alright, but again, it was last game of the season, Niners, so it, there wasn't much to go on. Um, if they've not got the confidence that he can step in, then yeah, it becomes priority number one. And it's probably going to be in free agency that they need to go for someone, and I'm not really sure who there is, to be honest. I think it'd be a massive loss. I think they need to try and convince them as hard as they can to stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree. It's been a really good signing for you guys since coming over from Cincinnati. So just to finish off here, what's what looking towards the future, getting your crystal ball out, what's the outlook for next year? Are we going back to the Super Bowl with the Rams? Um, I think it's I think it's entirely possible, but you know, it's how much to the the Rams adapt to what they saw. Um, you know, Patriots in his interview with Belichick basically said we've done what the Lions done. Although we went on to be the Lions, the Patriots are also a better team than them. But there seems to be like a a defensive formula now that people can maybe latch on to to try and stop the Rams. Um, so it all depends on how McVeigh adapts um, and also, you know, the holes that we've kind of talked about, free agency, if they can plug them. Um, and then you've got the fact that the NFC is just a bit of a, a bloodbath, to be honest, when you get to the playoffs. Mm, yeah, for um, sure. But, yeah, I can definitely see them getting back, getting back again. Yeah, I think the the NFC West in general. Um, just talking to everyone in in this sort of review, I think it's going to be a really good division next year. Everyone seems to fancy their chances. Um, even the Cardinals reckon they're going to come back a little bit. 
you know, I think the Niners are going to be better. The, uh, the Eagles, the Seahawks are going to be a little bit better. They're obviously a bit ahead of the curve in their rebuild. So, yeah, it's going to be, like I say, a bit of a bloodbath, I would say. Yeah, yeah. But still, still think... The Seahawks think... were expected to be in a rebuild. And yeah. They kind of, they made the playoffs, so... And then, you know, the, the Cardinals, I suppose, it all depends how the new head coach works out. And the Niners are always going to pin hope on, on Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh-huh. Yeah, so you, you still see yourself standing top of that mountain in 12 months' time on, in the division? I would think so. I mean, we, we swept the division this year. We only lost two the previous year, so... You know, we're definitely a team to beat in the division still. Yeah, no, I would agree. I would agree. All right, that wraps us up, Jordan. All right, thanks very much for coming on. Um, again, if you want to catch Jordan, um, just give us all your details again, mate. You'll probably do a better job than me. Uh, yeah, on Twitter, it's LARams underscore UK. It's the same on Instagram. Facebook, it's just LARams UK. And then there's a website, which is LARams.UK. Awesome. All right. Yes, like I said, if you're a Rams fan or just a general football fan and want to know a little bit more about the Rams, like get in contact with this guy. Definitely knows his stuff on the Rams. Well, that wraps it up. Thanks for coming on, Jordan. Um, really no, appreciate no. you taking time out of your day. Uh, and maybe we'll catch up again soon. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks for having me. All right. Perfect. Thank you. See you now. Cheers. So just to round off our NFC West review here, uh, following on from Jordan there is Mia. She's going to be talking about the 49ers. <laughs> Okay, yeah, so part of our final uh, NFC West uh, sort of review, uh, we're here with Mia, 49ers fan. Thanks for coming on, Mia. How are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very nice. Thanks very well. Um, yeah, just like I said to you just a minute ago, I'm suffering from a cold at the moment, but I'm, uh, I'm all right, actually. Just uh, going to struggle through this, but I'm sure we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the worst. Obviously, you girls won't know, but yeah, it is the worst thing you can have. <laughs> Okay, uh, so what we'll do is we'll we'll just dive straight in, shall we? Yeah, sure. Okay, so you just want to just uh just open up with like your sort of thoughts, overriding thoughts, and on what the forty nine season was like for you as a fan. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it started off uh, relatively okay, and we were we had high, such high hopes going into the season, um, with Jimmy Garoppolo and yeah, it was the hype before the season. I think made it worse. Mm. when everything just fell apart and that injury and it was just oh, one thing after another and I for one am not the biggest CJ Beathard fan so I was <laughs> devastated when he came back and then when I wasn't wishing for him to get injured or anything like that no, I, never, I never wished that on a player no, no. but I was kind of thinking oh my god switch him out just switch him out just fetch <laughs> him and let's see what our third backup can do Um. <laughs> Because I, 
I became a fan of the 49ers about um, 2006. Okay, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I, I became a fan and then was like, had about four or five bad years. Once I joined, I was like, did I really? Great decision, right? <laughs> it made it sweeter when we started getting getting some good years. Um, but, yeah, I, I think with Jimmy Garoppolo back on, I mean, he's already ahead of his rehab and things like that. Um, he'll be 100% by, by the start of the season. And we're going to have, hopefully, a really good draft. So we'll have some fresh meat for him. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah. Mostly on defensive line, really, I think. But there's still a lot. There's still good players and things. And people coming back from injuries, like McKinnon should be back. And, yeah, so we've got we've got a lot to look forward to again. I just, I'm like temp tamping down my expectations because I'm like scared that another injury will just crop up. Um, yeah, once bit, one bit and twice shy kind of thing on that front, I guess, isn't it? Because obviously, like yeah. you say, you went through all this hype and you, know, you thought you were going to have a great season, and then, like you say, it was just relentless, wasn't it, one after the other? Um, and yeah, like you said, I, I think Nick Mullins was quite good, actually. I think uh, when we were doing our podcast uh, you know, in mid season, Mullins was playing, I was thinking Nick Mullins is kind of playing himself into being the backup for next season, and I was thinking, you know, the trade options might be there for CJ Bethard to sort of be traded out of town. Yeah. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be sad. <laughs> Poor guy. I just I just yeah, it's it's one of those situations where you're just like Nick Mullins should definitely be the first backup. Mm-hmm. Um he's proven himself, he's only a young guy and he's he he stepped into some big shoes and there was a lot of um he he could have choked quite easily but he, he did his best and his best was a lot better than we expected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully it doesn't come to that though, right? You know, hopefully Jimmy will be playing the, the full season next oh, year. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really hope we get a full season. Yeah. So I'm not like three games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. As a Chargers fan, I can definitely sort of empathise with the, the sort of injury bug hitting you hard. Uh, I think this year just passed was kind of like the first one for a lot while that we've seen uh, <laughs> when the injury bug hasn't really hit us. So do you think, yeah. in terms of it going all wrong uh, last season, obviously after the big, you know, I, I thought the Niners were going to have a good season. Obviously, you, you thought so as well. Was it, is it kind of just to do with the injuries that it all went wrong? Um, I, I think that had a massive impact because we were playing with a lot. I mean, when you're bringing players up from a practice squad, the, because of the level of injuries, it's like we were three deep on injuries. Um, I think that does impact massively. Yeah. Um, I think that would, that's probably the main thing that took us out of the running for any kind of post-season home mm-hmm. quite early on but I just think there was a frustration there as well with mm-hmm. it yeah 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 that, that's what I felt I felt it's like it was every game somebody getting injured just kind of really took a toll on morale and yeah I'm, I'm hoping that we don't have any major issues at the start of the season again because it, it does have an impact on the rest of the season I think like it can be a hyped as you want but if you the morale is low overall it, it's very difficult I think it did it was it was good having Jimmy Garoppolo you know around later in the season to kind of hype them up because um, you know with it, I know he couldn't play but he was still around um, when he could be and going into this season I think we're hopeful again like the excitement's back 
Yeah. Yeah, no, I would say so, for sure. I've, I've got quite big hopes again for the uh, 49ers, especially if they make a couple of moves. Uh, obviously, we'll come on to the draft in a moment. Um, and just wanted to touch on this very, very briefly, if you don't mind. But how do you, how do you like the idea of Antonio Brown coming in? I'm kind of on the fence because with all the drama, I'm like, oh, we could do without the drama, but he is a fantastic player. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't deny the upside that he brings to any team on the pitch. It's, I think it's just the off the pitch uh, talk that's <laughs> kind of, we've got Richard Sherman, like, we've got, we've kind of got our, our quota for Melfi. But at the same time, I don't think they don't particularly interested in him. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. could be a good target for us, I think. I think he is more likely than AB now. Mm. Um, when there was first talk of him coming over and, you know, George Kittle on Twitter was like, you know, basically recruiting him. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that was, I was kind of like, yeah, that would be a nice, you know, you'd just be like, damn, this is a good yeah. Um, and I think obviously, if he's happy on a team, there'd be less of that talk. Sure. Um, but I think as soon as you know he's got competition, um, he does not like not being targeted. And if you've got a lot of talent on one team, then there's yeah, there's the the risk of him not being happy quite quickly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like you say, you've got your quote. I just said, I'm just going to touch on the guy that you just mentioned in terms of that, Richard Sherman. Obviously, came over from a big rival in the Seahawks. How did you feel about that at the start of last season? <laughs> I was, I was <laughs> like, oh god, no! Like, I just remember all the drama and all the mouthy. But I think it's better the devil, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm more than happy to have him on the team rather than against the team. Yeah, sure. Um, and now he's such an integrated part of the team. I know, I know, quite a few people still are kind of like, uh, don't like the guy. <laughs> but I think when he's on the team, he really. He's really on the team, you know, he, yeah. he uh, seems to be quite a good mentor slash, you know, hype man for, yeah. the, for the team. Um, so, yeah, he's grown on me. <laughs> yeah, no, I, <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think that was the word that I was actually thinking about when I was, uh, I was thinking of the question, uh, a mentor. Yeah, I think he yeah. does seem to do that, and he's obviously a very intelligent player. And obviously he's bringing over all those trade secrets from a big rival as well, so that can't yeah, be a bad thing. <laughs> Yeah, that, yeah, that's uh, a possibility, isn't it? It's a possibility for sure. So, where do you think it would have gone had the had the injuries not been, you know, it been so impactful? And obviously, that might sort of lead into next season. How I think it's going to be for next year as well. I think we could quite comfortably get to the playoffs, at least in a wild card spot. I think mm-hmm. that would have been realistic. Uh, I don't know how much further than that because the you know the. It was such a weird playoff situation last season. You genuinely sometimes, so, like a lot of a lot of years, you can kind of go, oh, they'll win, they'll win that, they'll win that. Yeah, yeah. But this season, it kind of felt like I genuinely don't know who will win that. And um, I, I, yeah, I think we could have at least wild card potentially. Hmm. You know? No, I, I think so. Um, I'd say I had high hopes at the start of the season. So is that the aim for next year? Yeah, playoffs definitely. Yeah. I think with a healthy Jimmy G and and you know some hopefully some quality on the D line because um, with the D line in the draft being just so 
rich in talent this time, I think we can definitely fill a lot of needs because yeah. I think decline is definitely where we need to focus. We've got a lot of talent on our line and we've got you know people coming back from injury hopefully 100% healthy this year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think the defence is, is just, you know, with our new defensive line coach as well, he's going to be looking to um, fill out his ideal roster yeah. as well. So let's talk about that then. Let's talk. So obviously, you know, the elephant in the room, obviously the draft is coming up. Um, San Francisco sitting at the second pick. Are we, are we hoping for Nick Bosa still being there? Or do we have an alternative if he's not? Or what's what's your outlook? Uh, I think it will all depend on Arizona's pick. I uh-huh. think that will shift the whole draft massively. Because if they take Kyler Murray, Kingsbury is... Um, I remember him being quoted as saying that he would take Kyler Murray in the first uh-huh. round as yeah. his choice. Uh, if he if they take Kyler Murray, I think I, I just don't think there's any option. I think it's Nick Bosa. Like mm-hmm. I think that would just be a given because yeah. he is obviously the best available player. Um, we don't have to necessarily like him as a person to like his talent. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think if he goes at, at one, which would be the smartest move for Arizona, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, then I think it's either likely Josh Allen or potentially Quinn and Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a massive soft spot for Port Augustine. Uh-huh. <laughs> he, I mean, obviously being a USC fan, um, he's just a fanta- he's a beast. He really is. He's just a fantastic player, and he's done so well at the combine. Um, and so I think he's upped his draft stock as well. But I think first pick, it'd probably be Bosa or Allen. Uh-huh. Um, if Bosa's gone, potentially Quinn and Williams. But it'll depend whether we trade down. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a possibility as well? Yeah, the op- op- opportunity of that, because there's a couple of there's a couple of teams that will probably snatch our hand off for a second second pick. Especially if Murray's off the board, I think. We've, we've only, you know, maybe one or two good quarterbacks in the draft, I think. Yeah. Well, Broncos... New York Giants, Jags, I think they're probably they're probably the ones that are most likely to want those that second round pick, uh, that that second pick of the first round. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah I think especially so. Especially if Arizona take Bosa, like they uh, take um, Kyler Murray, sorry. Yeah. I think they'd be in there for wanting Bosa. Ah, uh, and then maybe Port Augustine up thirty four. Yeah, I mean, I would be. You'd be really happy about that. Happy <laughs> With, yeah, pick yeah his, I've got his um his jumps from earlier in front of me, uh, thirty five and a half vertical, uh, a touch under ten foot for the broad, so pretty decent, pretty explosive. Yeah, he's he's just so good. I I'm, um after a USC home game, uh, the season before last, um we met some other players after a game, and I just remember thinking, oh my god, he's a beast. Like I know he's a big guy and he's tall but when you meet him you just kind of realise oh my god he's really like a force to be reckoned with and yeah I've, yeah, I've been a massive Port Augustine fan on our team he's my favourite he's been my favourite player the last few seasons I love it on, on defence but um, I just think yeah I just think he's upped his draft stock definitely um, mm. especially with his 31 reps as well on the bench press that was just brilliant yeah, no, definitely. No, I think he's a good player. I also like the right tackle as well, Adoma. I think he's a good player. I think he could be a good bargain for someone in the mid-round. 
Sorry, you broke up then. Oh, sorry, I was saying I like the, uh, the right tackle. Is he named Adoma? Yeah. Pume Adoma? Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, I like him yeah. as well. I think he might be a bit of a bargain, I was saying, uh, in the mid-round for someone. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I uh, quite happily send, send all my, my USB players over to 49ers. Quite happy with that. <laughs> 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 I think in round four, probably we, we could potentially pick up Marvel Tell. Um, he's a safety. And I think round four is probably our 104th pick. I think he's probably, um, we'll probably go safety maybe. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think we'll probably wait for that, that point to go safety. I think maybe a receiver in round two and a cornerback round three. That's, that's my feel. <laughs> so you're getting, all, you're getting all the USC guys, getting all those Trojans over in the, <laughs> in the Bay Area. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, uh, let's touch on a guy who you mentioned uh, just a short time ago. Obviously, like you say, you are a USC fan. Uh, you mentioned Cliff Kingsbury uh, a moment ago. Um, obviously, he was uh, you know ready to take over. Uh, he was signed, sealed, delivered, and then now he's playing or well, coaching. Sorry for a divisional rival. <laughs> how do you how do you feel about that? Now he's going coaching the UCLA quarterback, who I really hate. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of devastating. Um, yeah, that was that was a month. That was definitely a month. Um, uh, heartbroken is probably. I was so elated when we got him. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is our season. We've still got a crap head coach, but we've got, you know, we've got this quality coaches. And then off he goes to go and coach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, this is this is a good sign for our season. And after that, it's just gotten worse for USC. Really, it's um. We've we've lost a bunch of players to the transfer portal. Uh-huh. We've, we've lost staff, um, everything. It's just, and I don't think it's going to get better until we have a complete head coach, athletic director change. Yeah. Um, because we we are very unfortunate with those two at the moment. We don't have a president. That's our main issue. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> have a president. So there's nobody making decisions. Right, so it's a bit of a leadership, leadership problem at the top by the sounds of it. Yeah, massively. Okay, yeah, and like you say, it's going to have a knock-on effect to the recruiting and everything like that, isn't it, you know? Oh, God, yeah, and Marie McCoy, we signed a five-star, um, and we were like, this is fantastic. And he, within, uh, I think it was a week of Kingsbury tra- like leaving us, mm-hmm. uh, transferred to Texas. So that's... <laughs> not going great. <laughs> kind of, no, definitely not, so... There's, there's very little excitement for the new season, really. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, it's, it's a massive disappointment, and the you know spring training hasn't even started yet. Sure. At least you finished above UCLA last year, though. Yeah, that's <coughs> awesome. <laughs> that's, that's fortunate. I don't think, yeah, they couldn't have done much worse. But, <laughs> yeah, as long as we're above UCLA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so you were telling me a moment ago, uh, well, just before we came on, that you, you've also started to branch out into the AAF. Uh, it's not something I've dipped my toe in uh, as of yet. Obviously, I'm big on the draft, and it, it started, kicked off right in the middle of sort of the draft season. So do you want to tell us and tell the listeners kind of like what your um, experience of the AAF is so far and what you like about it and maybe what you don't like about it so much? Yeah, um, we kind of started, started off with it thinking... You know, it, it's going to fill a hole um, uh-huh. <laughs> till, till the Brit Bowl season starts at least. Cause yeah. We, we have a Brit Bowl team near us. Okay. So we 
go and watch the home games of Merseyside um, Nighthawks. They're brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, so we go, yeah, we go and watch them during the season. Um, so that starts in May. So we just kind of went into it with um, no expectations. You know, we're gonna we're gonna watch it. It's football, but football is better than no football. So we we picked teams. Pretty much, I went okay. I'm a USC and a 49ers fan. I'll go San Diego because it's, it's uh-huh. a California yeah. based team. Um, and potentially go and be able to watch them when we when we go back to LA. Okay. Um, I was really baffled as to the affiliations, how they worked, because all the California teams were associated with the fleet, with San Diego fleet, except the 49ers, <laughs> who have the hot shots from Arizona. So I've genuinely got no idea how that works. Um, been trying to figure that out for a few weeks now. But yeah, I, I chose the the fleet for for the reasons of being in California, and my boyfriend, who's a Rams fan, chose the Apollos. Okay. Okay. So yeah, another house divided. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Furthermore, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it, you know, it's a developmental league. Exactly. You get, exactly. You get, you get what you pay for, really. You've got. Um, I I really enjoy it. I don't put. I don't get too hung up on things. You know, that are different. The the testing out of different things, I think, could potentially be something that the NFL watches how it's going and then potentially incorporates into the fu- into the future of the NFL. So you know, like the no kickoffs and um, the well, the reducing the use of a kicker. Really, they're mm-hmm. not yeah. doing the one point conversions. It's all two two point conversions. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's, there's a lot of differences to it. Um, there's a 35-second runoff into the 40, and that five seconds just tend, tend to make like more of a difference than you'd think. Mm. Um, <laughs> tend to rush to, to, to get to the next, uh, to start the next drive off, because um, they know they've only got 35 seconds to run off. Yeah. Um, I, I like it. I enjoy it. I'm still more invested in college and NFL, but I think that's that's the case of most people. Yeah. But there are players that, you know, they've, they've been given another chance to play football again, and they're really, really invested in it, and I love to see that kind of enthusiasm for, for playing football, and, you know, the, the wages are a lot lower, so they are doing it a lot more for the love of the football, and that's a positive to me. Yeah. It's, um, I, I like it, and you can see some players that are going to have another shot at the NFL because of the performances that they're putting in with the AAF. So it's a, it's a good it's a good developmental league. I like it. I hope it continues next season. And um, there's been you know talk of financial issues here, there, and everywhere. But I think you know it's not challenging the NFL. As a complementary thing to the NFL, yeah, which I think is where other leagues have kind of fallen because they've tried to challenge the NFL, and you're never gonna, you're never gonna take no, them. No, no, not at all, not at all. Yeah, um, I think. Oh, sorry, you know, the NFL, and you're gonna, you're probably gonna do okay. Yeah, I think, like you say, it's there to supplement, isn't it? It's not there to take over from it, and I think, I think their business plan is, um, you know, to be that developmental league feed the league in some, some sort of small way and then maybe get bought by the NFL and become an official 
you know, developmental league like the NBA have with the G League, I, I think. What, what do you reckon about that? Is, that? is that what you see, or do you think it's going to be its own standalone? I, I can see it definitely becoming a, an offset, like a little spin-off uh-huh. for the NFL, um, and they're the buying it because they can see the um, the upside to having a league like that. Yeah. So the players can keep playing and keep developing their talent. Perhaps some coming out of college aren't quite ready for the pros. Hmm. So if they're developing the play, they're getting used to NFL style within a developmental league. I think it only it only improves the stock that the NFL then have for the future. I think they can they can always look to that league for oh that player is actually doing hmm. really well. You know his stats may not have been fantastic coming out of college but you can play you know and how they work as a team as well because I think that you know coming out of college you've got a lot of you can be the best player ever you can have stats coming out of your eyeballs but if you're like Johnny Manziel you're going to end up you know no no work ethic yeah yeah. you're just going to crash and burn and that's not a a long-term investment that any team wants to make really no, no, exactly. I think, like you say, it's for kids who want it and kids who still want to be involved in the game um, and maybe a few vets as well before out of the league. And Like you say, it does fill the gap, doesn't it? Uh, it's going to be that for everyone starting off and then we'll see how it goes, I guess. But yeah, yeah. No, I think I think, you've, I think you've summed it up quite nicely there. So if anyone's listening who hasn't whistled like me and hasn't watched AAF, I think that's a pretty good advertisement for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I definitely recommend watching, it, watching some of the games. Some, some teams, the great you know you've got some quality players on there and mm. yeah it's, it's definitely worth a watch very nice very nice um so we'll just finish off we'll just finish off i'm just going to put you on the spot very very quickly and um, so how about a record prediction for the niners next year oh god um, <laughs> but i'll surprise you with this one. Oh yeah oh gosh i'm gonna go for 11 wins <laughs> okay okay going big nice i like it Might be optimism. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go out there with 11 yeah <laughs> And, okay. and how about for USC? Oh, God. <laughs> I'll be happy if we get one win. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> well, I wouldn't be happy. I'll be surprised. <laughs> ah, okay. Hopefully it's a bit better than that for you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. We'll wrap it up there. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much for coming on again. Um, if anyone wants to sort of like get in touch with you and have a chat with you, where where can we find you? Yeah, I am. I'm on Twitter as BlowMeAKiss, B-L-O-W-M-I-A-K-I-S-S. Okay. Um, like the wordplay. Uh, yeah, because I like puns. Um, it's great having a name like Mia that you can use a pun with. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I'm on Facebook. I'm one of the admins on NFL UK fans group. Very nice. Yeah, I'm a member of that. I've seen you on there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. No, thanks for coming on again. I really appreciate it. Um, and no, yeah, we'll, we'll see you shortly. I mean, I'm sure we'll get you on again in future to talk about some Niners action. Yes, of course. it would be an honour. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mia. See you now. See ya. Bye-bye. So, there you have it. There's the end of the uh, NFC West review show. Uh, I had a really good time standing in for Tim for this one. Hope it comes across just as well as he does. Uh, Thanks to all the guests. Thanks to Shona, Jordan, Tom, and, of course, Mia at the end. Uh, Yeah, looking forward to that division next year. It's going to be a good one. Um, And, yeah, we'll probably look forward to that division later on. Just our review, and we'll probably preview it later on down the line after the pre-season when we're looking towards next season in uh, more close detail but yeah that wraps us up uh, so yeah hope you've enjoyed the show thanks to everyone for listening don't forget to like subscribe retweet when you see it 
when you hear it. Um, so yeah, I'll uh, I'll see you next time. Hopefully I'll be you know in the hosting seat very shortly. Okay, thanks again. See you now. Bye bye. for listening to the full 10 yards podcast follow us on facebook or twitter at full 10 yards or email the show